Hello, this is producer Trent and welcome to Book Shambles. Uh, I normally do that the other way around. Mixed it up this week. Variety is the spice of life. Uh, This week's episode is uh, the second part of a previous episode, but it's also going to act as the first part of a new two-parter. So it's kind of the middle episode, um, if that makes sense. You might remember a few weeks ago, we had Robin and Josie just chatting about books they've read over the summer because we're meant to be doing an episode with Lem Sisse, but uh, for various reasons, he was running a little late. So we did a bonus Robin and Josie episode instead. So today's episode is uh, the second half of that, which is Robin and Josie chatting with Lem. But since we only had half an hour, we got Lem back in again the following week. But Josie was away, so we got Natalie Haynes to come in. So the second part of this already second part will be Robin and Natalie Haynes and Lem Sisse next week. But for now, this is Robin and Josie and Lem. Which is appropriate because, as you may have seen this week, we've announced some of the guests that will be joining Robin and Helen Chersky and Steve Backshaw at the Royal Albert Hall for Sea Shambles in 2020. And two of those guests are Josie Long and Lem Cissé and also the brilliant band British Sea Power. Couldn't be more on brand. They will be there with Robin and Helen and Steve and lots and lots of other secret guests we haven't revealed yet or may never reveal. So get your tickets for that now. Uh, main auditorium at the Albert Hall, May 17, 2020, cosmicshambles.com slash shambles. And while you're on the Cosmic Shambles site, check out all our other events coming up. Nine Lessons and Carols for Curious People, obviously. Uh, Robin and Brian Cox's Compendium of Reason. Robin's Chaos of Delight Tour. All the information is on the site there, as well as other podcasts and blogs and videos and the usual stuff. And most importantly, a link to our Patreon page where you can pledge as little as a dollar a month to support everything we do at Cosmic Shambles. And you can also like and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to podcasts. That really helps us out as well. So now on to this week's episode. Here is Robin and Josie and the brilliant Lem Cissé. Hello, Hello, Lem. How are you doing? Nice How to see you. you. Um, the uh, I'll quickly say, by the way, a book I will highly recommend. W. Scott Poole, uh, who's written a book called Wasteland, which is all about how the First World War changed the horror genre and changed and how it it kind of inspired and changed the whole way that people wrote and things like films like Nosferatu Dr Caligari uh the work of Arthur Macken all of that stuff and he it's a really interesting book that and Kit Power's book about um Tommy which kind of almost fits in then because Kit Power's you know Tommy of course based on the on the on the who uh um yes the the the, it you know it, it is about um, the treatment of children, the direction of children, enough. So we'll we go. Lem, by the way, uh, uh, we had a slight. Uh, there's been a slight travel problem, which is why. Uh, May I apologise? Don't, don't apologise. It's absolutely fine. It's... Because uh, I don't like to think that I'm somebody who's late, and I got all my times wrong. So I was all ready to come in at this time. You're on time. And then for I realised. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I. This is such a great program, and to come in with you, sort of. Speaking as a book about a book about wasteland, <laughs> uh, 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 as uh, um, as an introduction to a new way of writing, 
uh, it's just really exciting. It's such a live thing, book shambles. Oh, and so I've been the shambles that has a book. That's, so, so, I, I am I mean, the shambles. Yeah, no, that's, that, that's what someone had to bring it, and Josie that sometimes does that, and I sometimes I, do that. Uh, you say sometimes, on... I do it 99% of the time. Also, it's been good for us because we haven't seen each other for a while, so we've got to have Should a little talking chat. talking about our favourite. And... Yeah. Have you ever any Shirley Jackson? No, I've not. I've, oh, I've not, but she, I will. I just read um, uh, We Always Lived in the Castle because mm-hmm. she just wrote. A friend such was recommending Shirley Jackson haunting, recently. But, I mean, her fav- famous one is The Haunting of Hill House. Uh, That's why. Which, which is, but everyone says We Always Lived in the Castle is better. And it's just, I, I won't explain it, but it's this really. Um, it basically starts off this this teenage girl is walking through the village and the village we know every they, the, the, the family they carry something with them which means that the village reject them and the village talk about them and and, and I won't even say I don't want Please to reveal don't, the yeah. first term what's, what's her name again uh, Shirley Jackson Shirley Jackson yeah. and the book is and it's called We Always Lived in the Castle We Always Lived in and, the Castle and I know they've just turned it into <laughs> a and, and it, man it was it's just again it was another one that's why I love books that are about 190 pages long is because mm. With a reasonable train journey, you can go totally into yeah. that world and you don't have to have any ad break of existence beyond the reading and it's just so much more exciting. And that's what is happening with My Name Is Why and what I'm starting to realise, I've got to tell you, is that there is a world of dedicated, uh, voracious readers out there. I, I, I write poetry, it's a different world. Mm. You know, if a, if a book of my poems didn't come out, nobody's going to be crying at the steps of a publisher. They're not, they're actually not. I know my industry. And the thing is, I, 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 know, like I, I know my industry. I've been a poet for 34 years. <laughs> you know, when I bring out a book, I bring out a book. It's, it's once every, I don't know, seven years now. But the point of reading, the, the active, the, the readers as, as listeners to the world of publishing, I've, I've become aware of over the publication of My Name Is Why, my memoir. And there are readers groups and there are, you know, people who want to be, want to, I was going to say want to be fed. No, they want to um, engage with other worlds, mm. you know, and be engaged by other worlds, you know. And it's just a magical world, and I'm, I'm starting to experience it, and uh, and I sort of that sort of tells me more about what book shambles is as well, <laughs> you know. I'll tell you a book that I've I've banged on about this before on this, but I will bang on about it again. You may well know about it. Others, oh, uh, I, I know which all is, of is, uh which is from um, uh, Unbound, and Charles Fernerhoff has brought it out, and people like Selena Godden and stuff, and it's exactly what you're talking about. It's that thing. I mean, I loved your book, and I was mentioning Joseph before. It's one yeah. of my books of the year. I thought it was absolutely remarkable, and um, and I read Thank that I, again. I had a long enough train journey. I was going down yes. before Elliot Festival. I sat on the train, and then then I saw someone from Canongate that yeah. evening, Anna, and and I just <laughs> said the whole book is, um, and it's the nearest I've come to. Uh, I, I've never cried reading a book. Yeah. But the two, You've the book, the, no, reading a book. The, the books I get, I don't very often. Weirdly enough, yesterday doing an event at End of the Road, uh, that's the because uh, I'm very controlled on my. Sorry, emotions. that sounds yeah. judgmental. I didn't mean no, no, it like no, that. No, You've just read fine. so much, but and that's what yeah. I found weird about you know the, the yeah. book that I do is, is when I talk about it. Sometimes out of nowhere, it sat in front of people. And someone right at the end of the thing said, could you talk a little bit about Barry Crimmins, who was a, a, oh. a, a, a wonderful uh, a comedian. Again, someone who in, in childhood suffered some of, some of the worst things and, mm. and, and used it to fight for so many other people. Mm. So many other, and, and, and it came up and, I, and she said, can you talk about him? And I went, Whoa, hang on. And I had to do that bit. But you're, yeah. when you... We'll, we'll just, just go straight into yeah. it, in fact. Because yeah, okay. To, 
the book is so much of what I got from it anyway, which is like Kerry Hudson's Lowborn as well, which was an, another book which I, I, I really found at times tremendously difficult. That you want to you want to go into the book and you want to shake the people and talk to the people who are doing these things to the children. And and in your case, you know, you you, you write about yourself and 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 all these reports in the book. Because for those who don't know about that, the, the the book is filled with lots of the because um, uh, Lem went through the care system was a, was a foster child and 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 and, and then at the age. age of 12 was, was basically put into care home yeah um there's reports all the way through of your life yeah there is yeah yeah and these reports so often are these reports of this wonderful curious boy yeah. desperate <laughs> to to just have have fun yeah. and make sure that everyone shared the fun yes. and shared the love thank you and it's so yeah. wonderful and then <laughs> so within nice that system are these these people yeah. who have a each time you do something, you know, wonderful, people want to read it as something else. That's right. And and I found that, um, you know, this this thing of dealing with with when you you were as you said, I, I'm going to get this wrong, but you were kind of with with your foster parents. It's like here you were, someone who was said that you must love these people, you must love these people. Yeah. And then at the age of twelve, yeah, as you said, the hugging stopped and the loving stopped, and that is. So I wanted to. How were you able to to to? to I I know obviously there was the case where we can counsel, but um, that point where you went, now this must be written. Now oh, must I be I knew. I mean, I when I got the files, I had to take the government to court legally. I wanted to legal redress. Once I had that, I knew that the files would then I would then use them as the basis to tell a story. You know, and that story is of my childhood. And I wanted people, I wanted the, I wanted the files to do the work for them to show what happened to me. I wanted to show evidence. But I also wanted to counter that with with who I was. And I wanted to say, you know, th this is who I was and this is what they said. And occasionally they would say, oh, he's a bright kid. But he, I mean, they even said, you know, he's a bright kid, but he... Well, he, he's he's attention-seeking. It was almost like they were saying, he's a bright kid, but he's too bright, and actually that's offending other people. Mm. So we need to dull his brightness. You know, even the head teacher said, you know, you should move him so that he doesn't outshine his younger brother because his younger brother is yeah. the birth son. So it was like, oh, in only being who I am, you, it's really difficult to actually believe if you didn't read it. Mm. So when I went into care, and when I came out of care, it was difficult for me to believe. Everybody that I'd loved told me that I was damaging them by being the person that I was. How am I supposed to think that being the person I was is not a damaging thing? Mm. So that's been central to my experience. And I still find it difficult to believe that they could have done what they did. But they did. I know they did because mm. I've been banging on about it. And so did the social services. But here was a third-person proof, which is all that family is. All your own family is, is third-person third um, biased witness. <laughs> you know, the th it's, it's a group of people saying, no, this happened, no, you're like that, no, you're like <laughs> that. And you going, no, I'm not, yes, I am, no, I'm not, yes, I am. That dialogue, I never had that. How can you prove something that you didn't have and how important it is? Just the nature of family with all of its dysfunction. 
I couldn't. And therefore, how could I prove who I am? So these files were proof of who I am, and that's why I published them. And I've said it, but but family is a set of disputed memories between one group of people over a lifetime. And I had nobody to dispute the memory of me. With these files, I had that. Mm. Ta-da! <laughs> you know? And... Um, I've proved it. I've took the government to court. They settled out of court. They apologised for stealing my family, for changing my name, for imprisoning me, imprisoning me as a child, stealing me from my mother. And now it was time to do what I'd love to do, and that's right. The programme will continue in a moment, but I just quickly want to mention that uh, we're coming up to Thirsk with the Book Shambles on the 23rd of November for the podcast social event, a great big festival of podcasts, and uh, I'll be there with Charles Fernhoff as well from, uh, well, numerous fascinating books of philosophy, psychology, neuroscience, and also others. And uh, so hopefully I will see some of you in Thirsk. Now we bring you to your expected programme. You, you said uh, amongst the interesting things within that, you, you talk about that when a foster child goes into a family, I've got a note here somewhere, mm-hmm. but I'm just trying to, mm-hmm. that that injection of, of whether you want to say, you know, that the, 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 that sense of the outside mm-hmm. very often then reveals all of the, 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 the issues and the problems within that family itself. Absolutely. And that therefore, some of those families will now, uh, as opposed to dealing with realising the fractured nature of their own existence, they, they just project that as being, oh, no, it's because... The child you, is the yes, problem. Yeah. Yeah, this is that classic thing that happens to foster children who are, who are moved from one place to another to another. Got to say, having a child is what actually puts pressure on the, the veneer of the idea of family, right? Mm-hmm. Having a child will put pressure on family, on your personality, on your weaknesses. It's one of the things that's great for parents to grow up to their own weaknesses with their child. Um, so a foster child will only do the same thing, except for you can get rid of a foster child. Mm. Um, so we're talking about a sort of primal uh, attitude towards this outsider who's within. The opposite of this is that a foster child can actually help heal a family because they then see those things and they think, right, we've got to work through this, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and just like any child can help heal a relationship in terms of saying, accepting each other's uh, differences in, in the parents. I do believe this is why children in care are in uh, popular literature um, and classic literature and Greek myths, and you'll know more about this, but Jane Eyre was adopted, mm. um, Harry Potter was a foster child, Superman was mm. well, actually in children's, children's own first, then, then adopted. So um, there is something about these children's experiences which reflects on the nature of family and the nature of loss of family. You know, and I think Harry Potter is sort of a perfect example, but there is, I think Cinderella was fostered by her sisters and her grandmother. I might be wrong there. Yeah. Um, there's, there's Rapunzel, uh, I, uh, Pippi Longstocking. You know, the idea of the perfect family is, is an untruth. And, 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 you know, unless a perfect family is, uh, has dysfunction within it. Yeah. Which, which, to me, it does. Of course. You know, know, dysfunction is at the heart of all function in families, I believe. And this is where story is great. 
there are betrayals in family, there are coming backs together, there is um, loss in family. But the foster child will always highlight those things uh, and 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 um, it excites me that, you know, foster kids are in at the heart of a lot of great books and films and plays, Oliver Twist. Dickens had it, you mm. know, David Copperfield, uh, Oliver Twist is a... It's a great example. Great expectations. Right, great expectations. So as you start to go through the books in your head, yeah. you start to think, wait a minute, that one didn't have parents. Heathcliff was an orphan. Blah, blah was from Fostered. There's something that children's writers and adult writers know about the foster child. Not that they're separated from family. They are. They actually accentuate the 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 importance of family and sort of they're often the hero's journey as well. Yeah. Um, and and they're hidden in plain sight in popular culture because I was thinking about that. Yeah, about the mm. fact that it's something that the what's the word the official version of events pretends isn't there. Oh, you know, look at Lyra Balakwa in Philip Pullman's uh, Northern Lights trilogy. She was fostered and lost her parents and was searching for them. Why don't we make these links between... I mean, there's something that writers see in the fostered child or the adopted child or the child without parents. There's something that writers see in those children, a desperation for, for connection that they did not get at home. Mm. You know, they're often um, quite dysfunctional as well. Harry Potter was quite dysfunctional. He ran away. He spoke to adults as if he was an adult. How dare he do that? Same with Lyra Balakwa, because she hasn't learned the rules at home. Those rules have not been learned as to how to communicate. So, of course, Harry Potter would talk to adults as if they're as if he's an adult as well. He's not had that hierarchy at home, and and this makes for incredible characters. Why don't we Why don't we see that in the young people who are in care in our own streets? Because it's true, you know, they have all of those um, qualities where they're exercising parts of themselves that if they had a family around them they wouldn't which makes them extraordinary you know and without love in search of some some form of connection and you know and so the real stories of kids in care are actually incredible yeah are actually incredible the girl who you know the girl who was in the newspapers who was impregnated by her foster father who took him to court and won you know, not not so long ago, but also brings up her child with total love. What does that take, yeah. you know, of a young human being? Um, so I think that they are extraordinary in real life and not recognised it for it, and yet extraordinary in books and recognised for yes. it. You know, like Harry Potter is a phenomenon. Luke Skywalker, um, uh, Darth Vader, both of them had their parents killed. Luke Skywalker was adopted. As you go through the books in your head, you'll start thinking, oh, bloody hell, yeah, Anne of Green Gables. Is it Anne of Green... Is it Gables? Yeah. Yeah, you know, you start to go, oh, my gosh, does that person, that person... And you just unfold the library inside your head or inside your house and you'll find it's full of young people who were fostered, adopted or orphaned. But also... Incredible. there's, There's something very, like, beautiful about the idea that even now, if that were somebody's circumstance there's this whole world of literature there to befriend you and to look after you you know no but it's so true it's like um yeah because it it, yeah it makes sense that especially you know in terms of 
the way that contemporary culture talks about these things, I don't think children in care are in any way... But, but I mean, in any way treated... They're not given any prominence in contemporary no. culture, really. Less so. They yeah. feel a sense of worthlessness. You, and, and you Nobody totally, makes that connection. Well, and also, like... For them. The, the way that society's funded, the way that, so, yeah, the way yeah. that these things are kind of um, allocated, provided for, you yeah. can feel the lack of support in general, as a society. But the idea that there's... Oh, yeah, there's something really... Um, Elevating? Yes, important <laughs> about the fact that all of literature is just waiting for you yeah. and telling your story. Like It's so true. It's big. Stories of loss. You yes. know, not just the function. Stories of, of course, running away, like Harry Potter. Yeah, you know, yeah. stories of having powers and not knowing what to do with them and setting setting things off here, there and everywhere. Yeah. Stories, stories of clumsiness, emotional clumsiness. Harry Potter again, you know. Huh. Stories of falling out with friends because you're, you know, stories of... The, the scar on Harry Potter's head and when it burned and seeing his f- family and then the Dementors coming, you know, that's a story of mental well-being and depression, clearly, yeah. regarding the loss of his parents. I mean, I, I'm using an obvious one there, but there is, I think there are so many others. And Jane Eyre is a great, great example. Is that, I mean, part of that, is it almost like when those, that's first used, it's a shortcut to say the world is not as certain as you may have hoped for. So the moment that the family is in some way broken, and I think it's interesting that we, we certainly see within actual, you know, artists themselves that the, the, there is a higher likelihood very often of um, something which has fractured the sense of something's happened, this yeah. world, the, the route is not linear. Yes. The route is not, there's mother, father, they love you, and we all grow up and everyone's happy. And so by doing that thing, as you said, whether it's Batman, whether it's Harry Potter, whether it's Oliver Twist, it's immediately said there is... This everything is. There is this other yeah. world, and we read those ch- stories to our children, and they they sort of get an understanding of the importance of their own family, mm. and and the fact that things do fall apart. Um, um, and I think artists want to share the fact that things do fall apart with people because it's going to happen to all of us at some point. We're all going to be orphaned at some point. We're all going to, you know, it's. It's the truth of it, you know, and how you know how wonderful to be able to set to a child and say, and and sort of say, this is going to happen to you. Don't say this explicitly, but this is going to happen to all of us at some time. Um, I think it's quite incredible that children in who've been brought up in care in these books they they suffer the loss of their family. I'll use Harry Potter as an example in their childhood. But, but we are built to lose our family later on in life. Mm. So children in care actually get the same experience that somebody has, is normally built themselves up to be able to handle mm. much later on in life. So yeah. I'm saying there's something extraordinary about young people in care because of that yeah. and, um, and that writers and artists have been aware about of that because it happened to them. You know, so often Maya Angelou, etc., you know, you will write about the experience yeah. that 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 you've had and that will help uh, kind of others. And I think a lot of the time that's what it that's why people become artists, that's why people do it. I mean I like it's so funny because like obviously with your book like 
in part with Robin's book in part about kind of what makes people comedians and I always mm. sort of used to be like oh it's so silly to sort of act like people need to have been traumatised to become writers and performers but now I'm kind of like no I think that sort of is the source of it it's about kind of that's why you want to but it is everything things. isn't it because in, in the book that I was I only talk about it briefly because it's about you no, but, it's about, but that was what I wanted to do was, was explore the fact that because the comedy narrative is told so often that actually what it is is about everyone Every, 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 you know, so use that as an opening up in terms mm. of certain things and the fact that we have such a difficulty as human beings at looking back when there are things which can sometimes seem, we talked with Philippa Perry about this, when you're a child, it, sometimes people can be embarrassed about returning to what they see as what may, may well have been a very minor incident compared to something that you might have experienced or that Barry Crimmins experienced or other people I know. Mm. Yeah. And then you go, but of course, when you're a three year old, there's no minor experiences. Yeah. There are, you know, they're, they're all. Yeah. That's so I mean, true. that's. Uh, it's but all relative as well. I wanted well, to say, by the way, you know. Christine from End of the Road, I met this uh, when I was doing an event yesterday, End of the Road, I chat to a lot of people afterwards, and uh, I just want to say, Christine says she loves you. Uh, Christi- <laughs> Christine was adopted, and she's 50 years old now, and she's working a lot in looking in, in Goldsmiths, looking at kind of adoption uh, yes. diff- different ways. Yes, there's and, some good work at Goldsmiths. just wanted to say uh, that, she and that was lovely, because she was telling me about Jackie Kay as well. Who oh, I, I, just I love Jackie Kay, so we love each other. Me and Jackie are like... We are like sisters and brothers, like in a very beautiful way. Our experience is very different, right? Oh man, you know, but well, it's, it's a great just beautiful. Thing. You'd love. It. Have you read Jackie Kay's yes, memoir? So, here's a really exciting thing. <laughs> I um, got to introduce her at Salas Festival. If we're talking boutique festivals, this is a very small Christian festival <laughs> in Perthshire. Oh, I know that one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but it's Christian, but it's also run by communists. So yeah, there's like a really Green good. Greenbelt's trying to be a bit like that. Yeah, yeah. It's, 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 it's liberal, pretty liberal. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My yeah. favourite yeah. is the secret yeah. left wing Christians. So like, honestly, it was a dream. It's like. Um, there was a thing on like John McClane and 1919 yeah. and it was just honestly I looked through the programme and I was like I want to do everything oh this sounds and so good it, this yes. festival oh it's so good and um, I got to introduce Jackie Kay and I was really really nervous because so when I was a kid there was a second hand bookshop in Alpington yeah. RIP uh, RIP it's gone now it's so oh. gutting and it basically did Dick Francis yeah. uh, Jackie Collins yeah. and me and what he would do for me is I would come in and he'd be like, there's all this stuff I can't sell. You can have whatever you want for 20p. And it was like a, 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 a an agreement between me and him. And so I used to get the Penguin... Um, uh, what's it called? Is it Penguin Young Poets? Penguin yeah, Young yeah, Poets. Yeah, yes. So I had all of the ones kind of from the 60s. I had a few of those. Yes. And I got the Jackie Kay one. And I think I also got the Liz Lockhead one. Yes. And, um, you know, so it was like... A very profound thing for me, sort of 14, 15, to find that, read it, engage with it, love it. And then I sort of... Perfect time to come across a poetry book that's... that's Yes, like, absolutely. And just like, uh, yeah, yeah, loved it. And so, and then I sort of had it on my shelf and so I hadn't thought about her for a while, hadn't engaged with her work for a while. And then when I saw her, I was like, oh... Oh my god! And then it sort of was so, so big beautiful. for me. Anyway, I saw her do a recital for an hour, and it was oh, it was so great and so moving and so yeah. funny. And like when it was funny, it was moving. And also, I, just I, guess, I mean, I, I'm a sucker for people who've got kind of secret communist parents, for yeah. example. Oh, they're not secret. I mean, that's what <laughs> yeah, I love. It's not really Alexi Sales she, memoir yeah, in some ways, but yeah. that bit where when because she was adopted, when when people used to turn to her, I love that bit in the book where people would turn to her and go, "You're very lucky," and her mum would go, "She's not." 
very lucky. <laughs> we're very lucky. And that is such yes. a... Oh, we've run beautiful. out of time already because oh, we started so... God, so, God, so, I have so, loved this. I'm so sorry. Um, also, we've got to do it again. Well, can't this you do thing. more and I'll go? No, 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 it's not that. It's because we actually we haven't got studio oh, time. Oh, this is heartbreaking. So I'm so sorry. sorry. Yeah, but also, I can I just recommend re-listening... How much longer have we got in the studio? Two minutes. Two minutes. Can I just recommend re-listening to the last episode that we all did because it was... I think my favourite one we've we ever done. I'll tell you what we can do. I felt like it was so beautiful. Well, this it was, isn't going it, out. If we can do, to if we can do more of this, if we can find some time in your diary when when uh, we're not on because doing I'd that, like because this is this the show you're listening to now is is not going out till October when you do the next kind of okay. uh, be. Um, very quickly, I want to talk about two because the positive things as well. Norman Mills, who was your great um, social yeah, worker, and and he said there's this beautiful thing when you're when you're picked up when you're taken from the people who have been your family, and you think it's all your fault, and he pulls over in the car and he goes none none of this is your fault and he's and I wanted to mention that this book as well as there are times when people can seem like monsters in it but there are people including your your English teacher who got you into the Mr. Unsworth yeah Yeah. Yeah. And, and there's some wonderful heroic actions in this I think as well yeah there is yeah yeah it's yeah extracurricular kindness well, we've, we've, I'm sorry that for everyone listening, this is a, uh, it's only shorter because of a, a travel issue. So I'm, uh, we're going to do. It's not it's your fault. We, uh, uh, we're going to. Um, so I hope buy this book. I, I hopefully you've heard enough. Any, anyway, yeah. just to know that this is really magnificent. But oh, there's so much stuff about the importance of role model as well. When you talk yeah. about Bob Marley, an incredible story involving Errol Brown from Hot Chocolate as well. So there's just <laughs> a few you. trails for you. Um, yes, I'm sorry, I got so excited about Jackie K that you no. did. Didn't finish your no, point. I, I was love like, that. Oh, no. I love Jackie. I mean, I, I, that's just beautiful. I mean, this is book shambles, and this is how it should be. It's surrounded by a book, and it's about all things, you yes, know, truly. all things rightly. Beautiful. Uh, thank you very much for coming in, Lem. And uh, hopefully, with this thing, will be another bit we're going to glue on. Thank you very much, Josie. And uh, are you on tour, Josie? By the way, I will be on tour in the spring. Okay, um, I'm on tour. I'm, I'm off with Brian Cox for... Uh, actually, by the time this goes out, I'm going to be doing... I'm doing a tour in November doing... Uh, where am I doing? Corsham, Otley, Penzance, Exeter, uh, all of those kind of places. Uh, come along if you can. And also, uh, we're doing uh, Sea Shambles at the Albert Hall, follow up to our Space Shambles. So go and have a look on the Cosmic Shambles site. We've got loads of interesting live events coming up. And uh, thank you very much for listening. Bye-bye. <laughs> Thank you very much for listening. Thank you very much to our Patreon supporters. Back next week with Lem and Robin again with Natalie Hayne. Don't forget to get your tickets now for Sea Shambles at the Albert Hall in 2020 with Robin and Josie and Lem and British Sea Power and Helen Chersky and Steve Backshall and loads of other people. It's going to be our biggest show ever. Get your tickets for that now. Back next week with... Part three of this episode, which is kind of part two of this episode, if you count this episode as part one, but you might also count it as part two if you listened to the part one that didn't have Lem in it, but is uh, from the same session. It all makes sense. Have a great week. Bye. This podcast is part of the Cosmic Shambles Network. Josie Robbins' book Shambles was produced by Trent Burton of Trunkman Productions. Thank you very much for listening.